Baptist Church. Good morning to y'all. How are we doing this morning? We doing okay? Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing our opening hymn, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Hymn 63, hymn 63, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. Hymn 63, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity for us to gather this Sunday, Lord. It's been a long week. Lord, I just pray for the ministries. I pray for the pastor as he speaks. Lord, be with the singing of the choir. Lord, I love you. Be with us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you can remain uh, standing, if you could turn with us to uh, hymn 632, hymn 632, He Loves Me. Keeping with the theme of love. Amen. Hymn 632, He Loves Me. Sing along. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. This I know. Oh, 
But there's a name they cannot touch, and someday they will find.
Man, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to that day, amen, when we get to stand before the Lord. Listen, some of us, we're going to bow just because we love him and he's worthy. But some are going to bow, listen, because they've never bowed here. But one day, every knee shall bow, amen. And I'm thankful that we have a God who loves us and cares about us. So please stand as we sing the next hymn, hymn number 632, He Loves Me. Hymn number 632. Oh, is that right, 632? Oh, 633. Yeah, I had two choices. I had a 50-50 shot, all right? Come ahead, Brother Shelton, help me out. be seated. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church this morning. We're awful glad that you're here. We want to thank our visitors for being here this morning. If you're a first-time visitor here and you did not receive a visitor card, if you raise your hand up right now, our ushers are going to come right now and give you a visitor card. We're going to ask that you fill out that card. At the end of the service, outside in the foyer, there's a big sign that says welcome and there's a desk out there. I'll be behind that desk. I'll exchange that visitor card with you for a gift bag. We have a bag we want to give you some gifts from our church. And thank you for coming. There's many churches out there in the world. But you chose to be with us this morning. And we want to thank you for that. We also want to know that you were here so we could pray for you. Amen. And thank God for you. So we're awful glad that you came this morning. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. And we're glad that you're here. Preacher. And if you're glad that you're here, say amen. I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to come and worship. Amen. Amen. And I'm thankful that you're here today, and I trust that you'll go away saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, please pray. I, we, I had the opportunity to preach yesterday at a mission conference for 
a preacher friend of mine, and uh, you know they're having their faith promise today, and you know I, I you know I kind of enjoyed it. Don't, don't, listen, those people were serious about coming to church. Amen. They went to church on a Saturday. Yeah. 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 Amen. I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, not only did they go to church on a Saturday, they went to church to hear a preacher preach about money. I'm telling you, so when you go to church on a Saturday to hear a preacher preach about money, listen, I'm telling you, you're pretty serious, amen? Uh, so I'm thankful that you're here today on a Sunday. Amen. And God said, let us lay by in store, amen? And this is a storehouse, and God is teaching us to lay by and store that which he has prospered us. And let me encourage you, as we receive our offering this morning, uh, please give as unto the Lord. Remember, you're not giving to me. You're not giving to, uh, to you know, to facilitate. You're giving to God himself. And so let me encourage you, you give. And, and, and remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. So may the Lord bless you this morning as you give. Dear Father, we're thankful for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us thank you god for your watch care over us thank you for our people today lord i'm i'm reminded every week god of your goodness to us just because our folks and their willingness to serve and their willingness to be faithful and uh, for the god for, for that i am thankful lord today thank you for allowing me to be a pastor here to these folks lord and uh, god i just pray that you bless them bless this offering lord and god help us to remember we're giving it to you and lord when we Put it in the offering plate, God. It tells us that uh, it's not ours anymore, but it's yours to do with as you see fit. So, Lord, bless it. God, bless the gift and the giver. And we give you praise and glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Oh 
fifth grade and under, we would like for them to lift themselves up and join us in our junior church. So at this time, fifth grade and under, junior church, you are now dismissed. Our Korean ministry, uh, you are now dismissed at this time as well as we go to verse number two. All my heart, here we go. All my heart to him I give, never to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence, never his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, there is my soul's best song. Faithful, loving service to him, be love, love
with his arms around you, you are safe in his care. He is with you now and good amen man I'm so thankful that we serve a good God you know the Bible says all good things come from God amen and we are daily blessed and I'm thankful for that God help us not to forget about that and and remember John chapter or excuse me Luke chapter 7 I, I was preaching in John yesterday I told brother Marco I kind of like preaching on Saturday get you all spizzed up for Sunday Luke chapter 7, uh, we're going to begin reading in, in verse 36. We read this last week and we talked about the forgiveness of God. Uh, today we're going to talk about the forgiveness of self. And uh, next week we're going to talk about the forgiveness of others. Uh, and if you found your place there in Luke chapter 7 verse 36, say amen. Amen. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And you, know, you just can't help but, but see what's going on. You know, they, if you remember, they, the Lord, they sat like this when they did at, at meat and they sat with their, their, their feet out and they, they leaned toward the table. So when she came in, his feet are out. And she just heard that he was there. And, and, and it tells us his story of why. Now watch this. And she stood at his feet behind him weeping and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. She knew who he was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he 
were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. He's thinking all this in his head. And Jesus answering said, listen, you better be careful what you think. God knows. He, he knows it's just as much today as he did then. Yeah. And Jesus answering said unto him, uh, Simon, I've somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. Uh, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and the one owed 500 pence and the other 50, and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most, and he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Sist thou this woman, I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Dear Father, help us this morning. Help me, Lord, to uh, preach the message that you've laid upon my heart today, Lord. And I pray, God, that we would, Lord, not listen with this fleshly ear, but we will listen from our spiritual hearts, Lord, and our spiritual thoughts and allow you to speak to us, God, this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd speak through me. Help me, God, to stay out of your way today, Lord, and I'll be mindful to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I came across this story about this New Jersey artist who came up with the idea of selling guilt kits. G-U-I, not quilt, but guilt, all right? Each kit had or each kit had 10 disposable paper bags and it had a, inside the kit had a set of instructions and the instructions read this way, place bag securely over your mouth, take a deep breath and blow the guilt out and dispose of the bag immediately. He sold 2,500 kits at $2.50 a piece. And this was years ago, 2,500. I mean, there were so many people who felt that they were carrying around a load of guilt that they were willing to try anything to get rid of it. I found another story about a, a prank that was really, it was pulled by a playwright by the name of Noel Coward. And it said in this prank that uh, he sent an identical note to 20 of the most famous men in England or in London. And the note read to, that he sent to these uh, famous men. It said, everybody has found out what you are doing. If I were you, I'd get out of town. Supposedly, the story goes that all 20 men left town. Yeah. According to a poll that was taken several years ago by the England Journal of Medicine, 70% of people in mental institutions today could be released if they knew how and where to find a way to cope with guilt. Yeah. I mean, there's times when we feel guilty because we're guilty. Amen. Uh, guilt is the result, watch, of wrong actions, deeds, or sin in our life. 
And the Holy Spirit speaks up when we've done wrong, amen, and, re- and reminds us in a loud fashion uh, of our sin. Guilt has a way of making us feel guilty. On the other hand, there are those who are haunted by unnecessary guilt. I mean, through the years, I've known a lot of people who have struggled with their past, and they've had difficulty in putting their past behind them. I mean, their past dogs each and every step that they, they take, and although they confess their sin to God and God has cleansed them, it, it, they still carry around a sense of guilt for what they've done. Someone said this, that if we don't deal with our guilt, our guilt will deal with us. And man, that is exactly true. Last week, we talked about the woman here in Luke 7 and how she was forgiven of her sin. And if you look there in verse 48, the Lord Jesus said, Thy sins are forgiven. Uh, And today, I want us to look and see what Jesus said to her in verse 50. And if you notice there in the very last verse, it says, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Now, there's three levels of forgiveness described, and I mentioned this already. There's the forgiveness of God, there's the forgiveness of self, and then there's the forgiveness of others. The forgiveness, listen, of God is, listen, when God forgives me, that's grace. When I forgive me, that's peace. When I forgive you or others, guess what? That's fellowship. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. And listen, that's the ultimate freedom of forgiveness. So I want to look at these words for just a few minutes and, and, and think about what, what we're seeing when we talk about the forgiveness of self. First, I want you to notice this woman in this story, many believe that it's Mary Magdalene here, and she's just experienced the, uh, the forgiving grace of the Lord Jesus. And in spite of who she is, if you look in verse 47, and in spite of what she's done, the Lord Jesus uh, says to Simon, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Now, apparently, Simon uh, had a, a, a Pharisee dinner party. Hey, Amen. Y'all, 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 we're seeing it here. Uh, because in verse 49, look what it says. They that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? In other words, they're saying, Who's this guy think he is? I mean, well, in our own words, the Lord is declaring that, that he is the one who forgiveth sins also. Amen. And, and so it looked down in verse 34. Before the Lord entered the house of Simon, that this was the resume given to him by the Pharisees. Now watch. He, they said, the Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Now watch the progression here. After the Lord entered into the house of Simon in verse 37, we see a woman in the city which was a sinner. I mean, she slipped in unaware. You know, the only reason that she would have been noticed is if somebody knew her from their past as well as her past. They knew her reputation, and, but she slips in and lavished the Lord with, with her love, with her thankfulness. And, and in verse 39, we see the, the Pharisee said within himself, this man, if he were a prophet, in other words, if, if, if this man is who he says he is, watch, then he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she's a sinner. In other words, the Pharisees accused the Lord of being a friend of sinners. Well, I say, well, praise the Lord for that. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that the Lord is, not just was, but is a friend of sinners. 
Sinners of every color, class, creed, they have found that the Lord is a friend of sinners. The Pharisee thought they were criticizing the Lord by saying, you know, that he was a friend of publicans and sinners, but in actuality, they were giving him a compliment. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, uh, I'm thankful today that God loves me. And while we were yet a sinner, he died for us. There was a, a poem written by a Wilbur Chapman, and it says this, that Jesus, what a friend for sinners, Jesus, lover of my soul, Friends fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Amen. Well, I'm thankful today that I have a friend, listen, one that sticks closer than a brother, and he loves me, listen, even though I'm a sinner. Amen. And listen, and we're still going to remain sinners as long as the Lord doesn't come back to get us. This side of heaven, we're sinners. Amen. But I'm thankful that God loves sinners. And by the way, I'm thankful that the Lord doesn't wait on sinners. He comes looking for them. Amen. Brother Shelton sings a song. He came to me. There was a gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord. Amen. And, but the Lord, listen, he bridged the gap. He came. Listen, and he died on the cross. You know how much the Lord loves us? He loves us this much. Amen, an unending love. Listen, and he, died, he did that so that we could have fellowship with God the Father. Listen, that's how much he loves us. He loves to forgive sinners. And he told this woman, he said, thy sins are forgiven. You know, everybody knew who this woman was. They knew her reputation. If you look in verse 37 and verse 39, twice she is referred to as a sinner. In verse 37, we're told that everyone... Watch, in the city, knew she was a sinner. In other words, they're saying, look at her. I can't believe she's even here. I mean, I mean, don't, I mean, doesn't this guy, if he was a prophet, if he was who he said he is, look at him. I mean, look at him. He's a sinner. I, wait a minute. We, before we just started going, yeah, look at him. Uh, that's what they were doing. They were going to look at her. Man, I mean, look, look what she's doing. If, if, they, if he knew what she was, if he knew who she was, listen, he wouldn't allow her to do that. He knew exactly who she was. I mean, but notice what he said in verse 49. Thy sins are forgiven. You see, she's a reminder that the worst of sinners can be forgiven. Amen. I mean... I think about me. Listen, I'm thankful. I was. I preached yesterday on John 15, 16, where the Lord said, he said, you've not chosen me, I've chosen you. Amen. You know, I, I thought I thought about this, and, and watch it, we're talking about being forgiven. Listen, do you know a, the, a dead person can't choose anything? Right. Listen, and before we were saved, before uh, the Lord spoke, listen, it reached down and cleansed us from all of our sin and moved into our hearts in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. We were dead in trespasses and in sin. We couldn't make a choice. We couldn't choose anything. But listen, the Lord says, I have chosen you. You haven't chosen me. And here we find out that he's doing the same thing. He looks at this woman who is a sinner. Listen, I mean, a detestable kind of sinner, but that's you and me as well. And he says in verse 49, thy sins are forgiven. Listen, anybody can have forgiveness. Anybody. 
anybody. There's a man by the name of William Cowper. You ought to go read about him. He was a poet, a poet in the late 1700s. He suffered from severe bouts of depression. In fact, he tried to kill himself three times. But every time he tried to kill himself, something happened uh, to where it prevented him from doing so and as a result of depression. And after one of his last attempts of committing suicide, he said this. He said, I am such a failure I can't even succeed in killing myself. And I mean, he would just, and so he was out walking and he walked by a mission in a downtown city where a service was in progress. And so he stopped outside the door. And it's, you know, there, there are a lot of stories just like this, by the way, uh, of days gone by where people have thought that they were worthless and listen, that the society had just discarded them and, and, and threw, uh, thrown them away. And, and same way with William Cowper. He was walking by this downtown mission and a preacher was preaching and he began to preach while he's standing outside the door. He wouldn't even go in. And he heard the preacher preach about how that God loved them so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for him. And listen, and as a result, he got saved. And he penned a song that we sing all the time. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. I'm thankful today that God loves us and he forgives us. Listen, if you're saved, you're forgiven. That's pretty simple. Uh, If you've sinned and you've confessed it to God, then you're forgiven. And when Jesus said to this woman, thy sins are forgiven, uh, watch, she didn't think, well, now, Lord, you know, you're, you really, you sure about that? You know, you, you know what I've done, you know? I mean, you don't know about my past, you know? I, you, you follow me? Right. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, but pastor, you don't know what I, wait a minute. Watch, this, this woman Uh, When the Lord said, thy sins are forgiven, she didn't debate him. She didn't doubt the Lord's word. She just accepted that fact. Can you imagine what those words meant to this woman? Listen, a life that was filled with shame, a life filled with guilt. She could have wandered around her entire life carrying this load of guilt with her. Hey, listen. Uh, We have to choose to live a life far from condemnation. And if God has forgiven us, then let's forgive ourselves. Amen. Many people today are chained to a sinful past. And I'm sure that if this woman chose to, she could have uh, uh, lived a life chained to her past. I'm sure that after she heard the Lord say, Thy sins are forgiven, I'm sure that she bumped into somebody, you know, on her way home that said, well, now, I heard what he said, but now you, you better remember, you better remember that you're, listen, you're just a sinner that, listen, and, and I would imagine somebody reminded her about her life. Isn't it amazing how when somebody tries to get right with God and they come and they, they, they give their sins to the Lord and they, they nail that guilt to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It seems like there's always somebody waiting in the wings to rain on your parade and try to re- remind you of who you were. Listen, God help us. We make a choice. I choose to, to believe what Christ told me and that those folks can just go butt a stump. Yeah. 
Listen, I, I want you to understand something today. We don't have to listen to them. And a lot of people, though, they choose. But there's somebody that's always around. Listen, and the, by the way, they're just a tool of Satan when they remind you just how awful a person you once were. But the key phrase in that, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Amen. I once was blind, but now I see. I once, listen, was a, but, uh, a lost, but now I am a saved, born again, forgiven Amen. sinner, saved by grace. Uh, this woman was forgiven. And there's ta- far too many people today, though, who walk through life bearing the pain of, of guilt of their past. Yeah. Listen, everybody in here has a past. I mean, come on, y'all might as well just go like this. Everybody's got a past. Uh, I mean, everybody's got, uh, you know, skeletons in their closet. But some of some folks, their skeletons are still in there rattling and making a lot of noise. Listen, I want you to know some of my skeletons, they're in there, but they've been tied up by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I just I choose to leave them tied up in there. Amen? Come on. Listen, we can either choose to listen to the skeletons of our past, or we can choose to either keep, or, or keep them under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would imagine, listen, this woman uh, whose sins had been forgiven, she came and she uh, uh, lavished her love and appreciation on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would think that she left out of that place with her head held high. Why? Because the Lord said, listen, it's all in a matter of who tells you that you're forgiven. It's one thing for me to say you're forgiven. That That don't amount to a hill of beans in Arkansas. But there's something else about Jesus when he tells me that I'm forgiven. Amen. Listen, that makes all the difference in the world. Amen. And if the devil comes back and starts reminding you of what you once were, let's just remind him of where he's headed and make him leave us alone. People have heard Jesus say, Thy sins are forgiven, but they continue to live in the shackles of their past. Listen. They know the Bible says that if they confess their sin, that God will be faithful and just to forgive them of their sin and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. But they just can't forgive themselves because something in their past, it'll, it just hangs on, haunts them. I mean, uh, they're, they're chained to a sinful past. But listen, Jesus said, thy sins are what? Yeah. I mean, but watch this. Here, Simon, watch this, he's, he's a Pharisee, but he's literally playing the devil's advocate. If you, if you read this story closely, watch this. He knew who the woman was. He knew what she was. She, he knew what she had done. In fact, he reminds her as well as the Lord by saying in verse 39, and we'll read it again. It says, this man, if he were a prophet, uh, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she's a sinner. Now, remember, the Lord had just been invited into Simon's house. We talked about this a little bit last time. He's warmed and welcomed and worshipped by a sinful woman, an uninvited person. And immediately, Simon loads his gun with an attack and an accusation against this woman because all he chose to see was her dirty, defiled past. Doesn't that sound like the devil? Doesn't that sound like the devil's crowd? 
If you look over in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, watch this. It tells us and reminds us that Satan is an accuser of the brethren. That word accuser is the Greek word, and I can't say that, kategorio, where we get our word category. In other words, the devil is constantly on the lookout to categorize our sin. Well, say, how does he do that? Well, he does it by being the one that accused them before our God day and night. He does that by reminding us as well as God of of who we are and and what we've done. You see, he goes before God the Father and, and he says, Listen, if you really knew what this person did... Listen, he don't, he don't think about yesterday. Maybe yesterday was a good day. Maybe yesterday was a day that you spent in the Word and, and, and you spent perhaps a, in prayer about a need or, or something in your life or a loved one. Maybe yesterday was a good day spiritually. So listen, you know what the devil does? He's going to go way back. He's going to go way back to when before you got saved or listen or when you weren't living for God. He's going to go way back and he's going to drag all that up and he's going to take it right before God the Father and say, listen God, if you knew, you remember this person. Listen, uh, God the Father does not remember that. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says he cast our, our sins into the depths of the sea, cast them behind his back as far as the east is from the west, and remembers them against us no more. Amen. But sometimes you and me, we have a short memory. I mean, here's old Simon. He, he's helping, you know. There's always somebody willing to help us remember where we come from. I, listen, I don't need any help remembering where I come from. I remember very distinctly. But I remember more so about the grace of God and His forgiveness and how He loved me and forgave me of all my sin. Amen. Listen, we as Christians need to wise up to the fact that the devil is the ultimate con man. Think about it. I mean, he'll bait the hook with the bait that allures and attracts. He knows what bait to use against you. Listen, you ask any fisherman that loves to fish, they'll go fishing and they know exactly what kind of bait to use, uh, 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 you know, in their surroundings, what kind of fish they're fishing for. They know exactly the bait to use to catch that fish. Satan knows exactly what bait to use against you to catch you as well. He knows. And he baits that hook that attracts us. And once we take the bait and fall into sin... He turns the table on us. Once you take the bait, he goes, look at that. You are no good. You're, I mean, you are unworthy. If you are really saved, you wouldn't do that. You are just a no-count rotten sinner. Listen, he'll turn the table on us and try to make us feel worthless. I mean, but isn't it amazing that the one, though, who sets the trap has the audacity to accuse us once we've fallen? Absolutely. I read a story about a little boy who uh, was always going next door playing with his buddy, and his mom warned him against doing it. said, listen, you need to stay in your yard, and I worry about you when I don't know where you are, so you got to stay in, in your yard. And, and, and so she said, well, and I, I want to ask, why are you always over there when I tell you? And, he said, well, that Satan tempted him so bad that he, that he didn't know what to do. And his mom said, well, listen, 
then when the devil tries to tempt you again, you just say, get behind me, devil. And he said, well, okay. Well, that worked for about a week. And one day, the mom was looking out the window, and she noticed her son back over in the backyard of her neighbor playing with the little boy. And so she took off outside, and she went out and called him by name and said, hey, come here. Didn't I tell you to, to, to stay in your yard and that the devil tempted you to tell him to get behind me, Satan, whenever he did that so, so you won't go, go over there and play? And he said, well, Mom, I did that. And he said, so I, when he got behind me, I was standing over at the hole in the fence and he pushed me through it. <laughs> Listen, we got to be careful. The old devil, he's, he's a con man. He don't want you to be an effective child of God. He, listen, uh, and, and if you're saved, by the way, he hates you. And he won't stop till he devours you. Uh, it, it, listen, if you're not saved, then listen, he hates you as well. And he won't be uh, satisfied until he takes you to hell with him one day. That's why the Bible, and I didn't think about this till I was studying the message. You know that the Bible likens Satan into five different kinds of animals? One of them is in Genesis chapter 3. He's a serpent. Okay? I mean, watch this. He's trying to deceive God's people. In Matthew chapter 13, he's a bird trying to despoil God's harvest. In John chapter 10, he's a wolf wanting to dismantle God's flock. In 1 Peter chapter 5, he's a lion trying to devour God's children. And then in Revelation chapter 12, he's a dragon wanting to destroy God's son. But watch, but if you're saved and you've committed some sin and that sin has been confessed to God, as far as God is concerned, listen, your sin is not only forgiven, but it is forgotten. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit convicts us, but the devil condemns us. Uh, I mean, the devil will bring it up over and over, and he'll condemn you. But I'm reminded of Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, where it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to live a life chained to your past. You can live away from condemnation. But notice verse 50. The Lord says, Thy sins, which are many, are forgiven. And then he says, thy faith hath saved thee. Now, what's the last three words? Go ahead and tell me. Yeah, go in peace. He could have said, you know, your sins are forgiven. Now, get away from me. He could have said, yeah, you're forgiven. Well, don't ask me again. Or he could have said, your sins are forgiven. Now, get out of town so nobody sees you. He could have said that, but he didn't say that. He says, thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. I mean, she may have expected condemnation, but she did not receive that. You know, she didn't have to hang her head low and, uh, you know, in guilt and shame once the Lord had forgiven her. Listen, you understand that's a trick of the devil. Listen, once we have forgiveness of sin, we don't have to hang our head in shame. We have been forgiven by God Almighty. We can hold our head up high. I I, I think of my dad. He used to coach uh, Little League Baseball way back in Kermit. And 
uh, he would uh, coach these boys, and they uh, played in the, the championship playoffs several times, and 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 they lost. And, and there were times I can hear my dad; those boys, uh, they played the best that they could play, but they were defeated, and 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 they would come off the field, and man, their head would be all down, and I mean, they'd be all you know just depressed because they lost. And I can hear my dad saying, "Hey, you boys, get your head up." You did the best that you can do. You played a good game. You get your head up and you be proud of what you did. Well, listen, I want you to understand when the Lord Jesus Christ forgives us of our sin, He forgives us of our past. Listen, we can pick our head up. We don't have to be defeated. We've been given victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the devil will come around. He'll try to say, man, you sorry, no low down, no good for nothing. Man, if anybody ought to be walking around with their head down, it ought to be you. No, not at all. Listen, we could lift our head up and be thankful that we have a God who loves us and forgives us. Listen, her life became a peaceful life. Listen, notice he said again, go in peace. That word peace, it means being quiet within yourself. I mean, have you ever noticed the society that we live in? Listen, you know where a lot of the uh, unrest comes from? It comes from in here. I mean, they don't have a peace. There's only one place that kind of peace comes from. It's from the peace giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, it, it's a quiet... Have you ever noticed... Uh, some uh, people that, man, everything can be in chaos all around them, and they're just over there just kind of, yeah, okay. I mean, I was thinking about a, uh, a an orchestra they were playing, and the guy was out sitting out in the uh, in the audience and watching these cello players, and I mean, uh, he was watching them very intently on how they were doing, and after it was over, he went to one cello player who seemed like, I mean, uh, the, the, that she had it all together. And he said, hey, I need to ask you something. And the young lady said, okay, ask me. He said, I was watching all of you cello players and all, those, all of those cello players except you. Their hands were going all up and down the neck of that cello. And he said, but yours wasn't even hardly moving. What's the deal? And she said, well, he, she, he said, I just want you to know, he said, they were looking for it. I found it. You know, there's a world out there today that's running around like a chicken with their leg cut off. I mean, they're running around everywhere in circles and, and I mean, chaos, turmoil. Listen, you know why they're doing that? Because they're looking for it. But there's a lot of Christian people today that are doing the same thing. And the reason being is because they're chained to their past. You see, the Lord said, thy fate has saved thee. Go in peace. She'd been forgiven by the Lord, and it didn't matter what anybody else thought, including herself. She had been freely and fully forgiven by the one that matters. Okay? That, that should, listen, that, that affirmed the fact. In John chapter 8, if you go back, you, you're familiar with this story. When the Pharisees brought that woman who was caught in the very act of adultery to see the Lord, they knew that the law had condemned her and demanded that she be stoned. But I would like to know what he wrote. 
And the Bible says that he stooped down and began to write on the ground. Whatever he wrote, if you look in verse 9, it says they heard it. And they were convicted by their own conscience. And man, and I, you know, you ever been quail hunting? And, you know, there's sometimes there's about 15 or 20 of them, maybe 30. If it's a big covey of quail, they'll come in there, and you can shoot right in the middle of them. And I want you to know when you shoot, they scatter. I mean, they go everywhere. And, and the old saying is, they scatter like a covey of quail. Well, I would imagine all these guys that came with, to the Lord with this woman who was caught. I, 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 would, they weren't, I don't think that they were very kind to her. I think that they were rough with her. I mean, after all, she was a sinner. And they were Pharisees. They were, man, they were good, upstanding church people. They were church every day, every time the doors were open. They prayed three times a day. They fasted once a week. Come here. Come here with me. We're going to go see Jesus, man. Get over here. And I would imagine they shoved her to the ground. Well, Jesus, I, he got down there with her. And he started writing in the sand, you know. See, there's, he knew who was there. Well, there's, there's old, you know, John Doe. We'll just write his name here. And Oh, yeah, he just did this. And, man, and he was the first one to go. And then I would imagine there was a little curiosity in the others that were there. And he, I would think maybe he wrote his name. Man, everybody's going, that's your name. <laughs> Where's John? Oh, man. All they saw was a cloud of dust behind him. And then they looked at the second person and they noticed he's writing some about him. I would imagine that several of the others didn't wait till the Lord wrote their name in. And they were, listen, they were gone. And then the Lord raised up, you remember? And he looked at her and he said, Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go thy way and sin no more. Listen, without condoning her sin or condemning her, he cleansed her. He comforted her, consoled her, and forgave her of her sin. Listen, he knew, listen, he knew what she had done. But he that knew no sin, he became sin. Listen, uh, Isaiah 53, 6, when the Lord died on the cross, it says, The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The debt's been paid in full once and for all. You know, Jesus shed his blood so that you and me could live without guilt. Without guilt. But the world wants to throw that guilt back on you. Listen, you don't have to carry it. Listen, God told this woman, he said, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. If you're going to go in peace, listen, you're going to have to leave your guilt here. I'm still thinking about getting the cross and putting it up here. Yeah. Listen. As a result of his forgiveness, his advice to her was, don't hang your head, don't wallow in it, don't dwell on it, but go in peace. Now, how could she understand that? She couldn't. I mean, I don't understand it. I don't understand how 
the Lord Jesus Christ can, he who knew no sin and uh, was made sin for men. I don't understand all that. I've had people say, well, preacher, I don't understand it. Then quit trying. I mean, why do, where, where does it say in here that we've got to understand it before we can have access to it? That's not what it says at all. John 1, 9 says, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us. You don't have to understand it, but I know it works. And if it works and the Lord says, Listen, neither do I condemn thee. Go thy way and sin no more. Listen, that's peace. But you have to forgive yourself. I need somebody to make me a cross just about this high and about this wide that I can put right here. It, just come see me after church. Listen, that's what happened to our sin. It was nailed to the cross. Amen. Yeah. Can I encourage you? Listen, if God forgives you, forgive yourself. If the creator of the universe, the maker of man, the redeemer of our soul, the sovereign, the almighty, the wonderful and gracious God can forgive us, surely we can forgive ourselves. I mean, there's a lot of people today. Maybe you're here this morning. I mean, maybe you're carrying around something in the past. Why? Are you saved? You've been forgiven. I mean, you remember what Paul said? He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things, which what? Well, that's the past. He said, man, I'm not going to let that stuff bog me down. I choose to move forward. Man, we, some, some Christians, they got a ball and chain tied to their leg, and they're trying to do the work of God, listen, carrying around a sinful past. You do not have to do that. But it's your choice. You've got to choose. I wish I could choose for you. You say, how do you do that? You just got to let go and let God. I mean, I I don't know. I I don't have a good explanation for that. But all I know is, is what God said. And God said, thy sins, which are many, are forgiven. Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. When you leave this building this morning, can I encourage you to do something today? Go in peace. That's that quiet, uh, you know, resolve on the inside, knowing that you're okay. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that, you know, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you that if you'll come today, oh, well, preacher, I can do it right here. devil's already conned you. Listen, uh, you got to bring it to the cross. You say, well, here it is. I'm, I'm going to put a cross up for next Sunday. And it's gonna, if, if I can get one fixed up, somebody else, I'm going to put it right up here. And we're going to have a, a, a guilt or a sin thing, you know. And it, it, we're talking about forgiveness of others. But it starts with the forgiveness of God. God's forgiven you, but we sure carry around a lot of stuff. Think about it. Uh, we talked about this two weeks ago. And we're going to, listen, you, can, you don't have to write it. I'm, oh, for each, well, somebody comes by and gets it and reads it. Yeah, well, then just scribble it on there. Put it on there or something. But we're going to come. We're going to start nailing stuff to the cross. 
But be, be careful if you do it, because if you're not, then you know what's going to happen? We're going to write something down, and, and we're going to have it on there. We're going to, I mean, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do it like we do our tithe envelopes. We're going to turn them upside down so nobody can see it, you know. We're going to write it, and you know what? This is the guilt of my past, and, and we're going to fold it up, and then we're going to nail it to the cross. And then we're going to ask God to forgive us. And some of, if we're not careful, some of you are going to go. And carry it right back with you. That's your, that's your choice. I choose to leave it. Man, it, listen. I know what I did in the past. And I'm, you know, if, if he's going to carry it, why do I have to carry it? Why, if he's going to worry about it, why don't I have to worry about it? But I'm going to go my way and sin no more. Amen. I'm going to do the best I can. You say, well, preacher, what if I mess up again? Well, then you come back and you nail it to the cross and do your best not to do it again. But God's forgiveness is always there. He'll always forgive and he'll always say the same thing. Thy faith have saved thee. Thy sins are forgiven. Go thy way and sin no more. Father, help us this morning. Speak to our hearts. Lord, we know that you've forgiven us. Uh, but God, sometimes we can't forgive ourselves. God, we have a tendency to want to carry our past with us. We have a tendency, Lord, to bear that guilt when, God, we don't have to. You knew this woman. You knew what she kind of life she lived. And Lord, even the Samaritan woman at the well, Lord, you knew that. But Lord, when she was forgiven, she ran into the city and said, Come see a man who knew, it, knew all about me, told me everything whatsoever I did. Surely this is the Messiah. God, if we'll do the same, if we'll come today and allow you to take that guilt and carry it, we can go away with joy bells ringing in our heart, peace in our soul, because we're forgiven. Lord, help us, God, to forget those things which are behind. God, give it to you and leave it there. And Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed.